You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. So, Steve, did Ava Gardner and Howard Hughes have a good relationship? Well, they did until he dislocated her jaw. What? Well, don't worry. She hit him back with an ashtray. From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Really quick before we begin today's episode, I just want to mention the subject matter is a Halloween episode, so there is a little bit of, uh, I don't want to, I don't know what to say, naughty talk? Is that that right, Neil? There's some naughty talk and some... Talk about serial killers. It's a little rougher around the edges than our normal A little rougher around the edges, so if if you have some kiddos listening, just want to let you know, or if you're sensitive to that kind of thing, just giving you a warning. On to the episode. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this Welcome to Triviality, the show where you put the lotion on the skin or else it gets the hose again. I'm here in the studio with Leatherface, Mike Myers, and Jason. Hey, Michael, how's it going, Michael Myers? Oh, it, he doesn't talk much. Oh. <laughs> he's, an, he's an introvert. I thought we were doing characters. I was Jason Sudeikis. Is that how this works? He is Jason Sudeikis. Wait a minute. Matt is in the studio. What's going on? Matt is in the studio. And are you back in town now, Matt? Uh, yeah, I would say that I am back for good. Much like uh, Thin Lizzy, the boys are back in the same studio. Yeah, that's and right. That, and that's Jeff. How are you doing, Ken? Oh, I'm good. I'm happy it's Halloween. I love Halloween. Yeah, this is our fourth or fifth Halloween special. One of those. Are you asking me? Yeah. Because I don't know. I think it's I don't, fourth. Fourth? Okay. So we've, we've kept up with it, so it's been consistent. We've mm-hmm. asked all the questions, so... We're not going to do anything on this one. Yeah, I, I don't know how the questions are going to come out on this one. So, But as always, for Halloween, we have to have a very special guest. We do. We have a very special guest here today, a uh, Savage Superstar on Patreon. Uh, it's his first time hosting, and that is Justin Shady. How are you, Justin? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Thanks for having me. Of course. Doing really good. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, remind folks uh, who you are. Uh, I know who you are, but I'll let you talk, tell the story. So. <laughs> Uh, I'm no one. I'm a, I'm a writer. I uh, live in Chicago. Um, I do writing for film and television, but also really anything that'll pay the bills. So I'm doing, uh, you know, ad copy and anything. Uh, and uh, I have uh, two kids, Gray, who's six, and West, who's four, and uh, my wife, Kathy. Uh, we all, you know, are just hanging in there during the pandemic. So that's that's about it. Well, that's all you can do. Yeah. So uh, glad to have you here today. Uh, thank you for yeah, writing thanks. a game for us. 
Yeah, thanks for giving me the opportunity. I um, I I know I reached out to you guys and said I wanted to do this, so you know, thanks for agreeing to it. We'll see how it goes. I don't know. Of course, and you're a big fan of horror and Halloween and true crime and all that good stuff, right? Yeah, I um, you know, I I mean, I'm not like you know a weirdo, <laughs> but well, actually, actually, that's not true. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> I uh, <laughs> this is a separate thing, but uh, I interviewed Charles Manson wow. once. Uh, I got letters from him in the mail that were really creepy. Um, I could actually send that to you guys. You could post it on the crop. I um, I got letters from Richard Ramirez once. Um, I wrote a graphic novel called The Roberts, which is um, about the Zodiac Killer and the Boston Strang. I'm realizing I'm weird now <laughs> as I'm saying it out loud. Uh, so, but like, I don't wear a cape or anything when I go out when I leave the house. So. Just the monocle, um, the top hat, and the cane. Exactly right. Exactly right. So yeah, no, I, um, I don't know. I just have a, a big interest in all things kind of dark and weird. And yeah, if you, if you haven't checked out his graphic novel, it's called the Roberts. It's very, very good. And, uh, and we wrote a project together that is very, very bloody and very, very dark and inappropriate. Yeah, for sure. Yep. That's probably why it hasn't gotten uh, made yet, but we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) You just got to find somebody depraved enough to produce it. That's true. That's yeah. Or we just got to like keep the budget under like two million, and then they'll make it for you know fun. Right. Just just create a brand new streamer. Throw that money away. Or just tell yeah. people yeah, it's exactly uh, right. Korean horror. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Justin was right. Justin was telling me about Squid Game the other day, and you've you've seen Squid Game. I have not yet. Oh, you have Because I'm a big Korean horror aficionado, mm. so I've been I've been waiting because I wasn't sure if it was up to par or not. It's very. But good. I have it on good authority. Matt so. Matt says it's good. I've seen. I said the I have first it on good episodes. authority. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> rude it's very good it's very good and we we're only on like episode three because we have kids and like we can't watch stuff like that until after they go to bed yeah. well um you're the host today justin so any preference on the rules read no no i'll let you guys pick i'm uh you know i i guess just you know go with the the standard all right standard yeah the scariest spooky, one spooky the scary uh, spooky darren the rules of the game are simple. 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. So before we begin, we got to get the team names. All right. Uh, what are you thinking, Jeff? Well, I mean, I so I've been spending the last few weeks watching crappy Disney Channel Halloween movies. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping to draw inspiration um, from uh, something maybe like Halloween Town, what Calabar's about, what's Revenge. The name of, I like that. Calabar's Revenge? Yes. So it'll be Calabar's Revenge. Is that a Disney Halloween movie? Yes, it is. Okay. And we'll uh, we'll do an, a more adult movie, and we'll be the Hellraisers. Ooh. Sound like a motorcycle game. All right, fantastic. So we're going to start off. Um, it's funny you said send the kids away. We're actually going to start off with question number five, which my six-year-old daughter, Gray, is going to read uh, because it's her bedtime. It's way past her bedtime, actually. Um, but I wanted her to read question five, so I'm going to have her come down, and we will start with question five. Did you know that before Ice-T was on SVU, he was in a heavy metal band? Who has killed more people on screen? Jason Voorhees, Freddy Krueger, M- Michael Myers, or 
John Wick. Mm. Who has the highest body count? Yeah. That's <laughs> the name of the band, right? Body count? Body count. Yeah, they were just here in Chicago. I think it's got to be like probably not even close, right? I think that is true. Yes. <clears throat> All right, we're in, we're in. You're in. Okay, so right away I I would lean towards Jason because he just kills people with no storyline and Michael Myers. I mean, and, and he's been in quite a few movies. I mean, John Wick totals three, but he's got to be, you know, X in like 30, 35 a movie easy. So. I think it's between, yeah. yeah, I think it's between Jason and John Wick. Okay. I just, I can't put my finger on which one. I, I wouldn't say Jason is probably like 140, 150. Mm. Would John Wick have killed more people than that? I mean, he he definitely messes people up. I don't. I mean, I don't know how many people survived like broken arms and stuff. But I'm if you think it's like 150, I, I'm good to go, Jason. All right, we'll go, Jason Voorhees. All right. So the thing about Jason is he's got to kill people with like suspense and kind of one at a time. You know, John Wick just is he's a machine. He's a machine. So we're saying John Wick. All right. Uh, so. In coming in at number four uh, is Freddy Krueger. Mm. With nine movies, he's had forty kills. He really takes his time. Mm. Well, it's in your dreams. Coming, yeah. coming in at number three is Michael Myers with eleven movies and one hundred and forty kills. Pretty. But that doesn't include Halloween kills, which comes out this Friday. Respectable. Yep. Uh, coming in at number two is Jason Voorhees Ooh. with twelve movies uh, and one hundred and fifty-seven <laughs> oh. kills. And not even close, John Wick with three movies, 306. (laughs) John Wick. I didn't even have to think about that one because I remember the third one. I was just like, Jesus. John Wick 1 is 84 kills. John Wick 2 is 128 kills. And John Wick 3 (laughs) is 94 kills. So collectively, the three horror movie legends have only killed 31 more people than John Wick. So 2 is the one that he's just really going for. Yeah, Yeah, 2. Right. I mean, three is pretty good, too. Uh, on to question number two. What are you? I'm Prince. In 1982, an Ozzy Osbourne fan threw a live bat on stage during Ozzy's Diary of a Madman tour. In a move that became infamous, Ozzy picked up the bat and bit off its head. But oddly enough, that wasn't Ozzy's first time biting the head off a live animal. A year earlier, Ozzy was meeting with record execs in L.A. in preparation for the release of his debut solo album, Blizzard of Oz. And during that meeting, Ozzy bit the heads off two of the same animals. What were those animals? Oh, we'll lock it. Yeah, I could see like a mouse, a rat, possibly a snake. Oh, a snake could be interesting, too. You know, they could be like a bird or anything like similar to a bat, probably, right? Like he just walks in there, he's got these lovely little doves in hand and just... Rawr. Well, here's here's the real question uh, for the answer. What's the easiest animal to procure that you could bite a head off of that no one would look at you weirdly at a store? Like what do they have the most of? Probably like a gerbil or... like. Well, it depends. If you're going to like a feed store, you could just buy chickens. You're talking about Ozzy. So we got Ozzy going into a pet store here. <laughs> yep. <laughs> to start to a joke, Ozzy Osbourne walks into a pet store. I, uh, yeah, I was wondering if you had a chicken or not. <laughs> this doesn't sound good with chicken. Yeah, but, but a gerbil, man. Doesn't sound good with anything. It does a bad impression. <laughs> it is a bad impression. <laughs> I haven't watched the Osbournes in forever. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of like, not something inoffensive because that's not his style. I would think something intense. I like snake. Snake. All right, we'll lock in with snake. We're going with the standard chicken. 
All right, no points this round, uh, for this question. Uh, the answer is doves. Um, oh. And if you were thinking about the 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 song or the the title of of the question, Prince. "What Are You?" is a line from Batman, and I'm Prince when doves cry. Uh, yeah, Ozzy brought the doves into the meeting and planned on releasing them into the air as a sign of peace, but he showed up to the meeting drunk, pulled them out, get the head off one, and then pulled the second one out and bit the head off the other one and spit them both onto the table. So, well. That's not good. So truly, the the moment when doves cried. Yeah, correct, correct. I like Neil's. Like, what animal? Like, you, I just like what them animal trying to reason? I, I just like them trying to reason it. Sometimes what, it works, Ken. You know this. What animal can you bite the head off of, and no one will care? <laughs> <laughs> Literally, no animal. <laughs> All right, on to question number three, which is: Are we live? In 1998, a soccer match in the Democratic Republic of Congo between the Benetsadi and the Basangana teams was tied at a score of one to one when the game was abruptly forfeited by Benetsadi. Why were they forced to forfeit? All right, we'll uh, we'll lock in on this one. We have a kind of funny idea that's a little Halloweeny. Okay, they they locked in over there. Um, I'm just trying to think the the category. Are we live? Does that do anything for you or? No, not necessarily. I can't think of anything in 1998 that would have happened to force them to forfeit. But um, the only things I wrote down were: did a war break out? Like, was there an assassination attempt of some sort? Uh, it was like a coup attempt, a and coup. they had to get home or something. Or yeah, I don't know. Would would that be possible? In that possibly, yeah. All right. So you want to just say um, some sort of coup or death threat, An uprising, uprising? Sure. Okay. We'll say there was a coup, and they had to. Flee the country. Okay, that's our answer. We said a player died. All right, uh, so I'm going to give points to the Hellraisers. So the answer is that the entire team, 11 players, died when lightning struck the field during a pitch. The opposing team who came out unscathed won by default, adding insult to injury. So, yeah, they uh, apparently if you die, you have to forfeit the game you lose you shouldn't you win if you and the and the, the 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 hint in that was are we live the band live lightning crashes uh, yeah. oh yeah that that's a brutal man that's brutal yeah yeah i mean it's a dark episode yeah it is <laughs> <laughs> all right so to bring it up a little bit here we go on to question four don't worry have a phobia in a 1990 interview singer actress Cher admitted to having a fear of flying. A fear of flying is known as aerophobia. But what is sherophobia? C-H-E-R-O phobia. Whatever it is, something tells me Bobby McFerrin has never suffered from it. All right, we're going to lock in first for the for the first time this game. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Bobby McFerrin. I think he's race car driver. Yeah. Would that be like the fear of speed going fast? Got to go fast. Sure. That's Kianophobia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like that. Okay, I'm thinking I'm back. Um, is that the line? What is it? You say it yeah, all the time. Yeah. Okay. Um, Neil and I looked at each other and I said, oh, "Don't worry, be happy." Mm. So not a race car driver. He could have drove race cars. We I said whistle, whistle. Yeah. All right. Uh, you guys are on the right track there for sure. Bobby McFerrin is most certainly a musician and not a race car driver. I mean, maybe there is one named Bobby McFerrin. Uh, but yeah, Bobby McFerrin saying, don't worry, be happy. So sherophobia is the fear of being happy. Oh, oh. Sure went went, simpler. You always go one step too far. You're right. We did. <laughs> All right. Question number one. I want to suck your blood. 
all of it. The average mosquito bite draws 0.0055 milliliters of blood. Within 100,000, how many mosquito bites would it take to drain a human body? To be clear, it's a thousand times more than the Reed brothers would be willing to walk. And then I have a bonus question worth one point. Mosquitoes prefer a certain blood type. What is it? All right, we'll, uh, we'll lock in here based on the clue. They seem pretty confident over there. We're not. Or you're not. <laughs> um, so, Jeff, what do you know about sucking blood? Um, that's private. So, not much, Neil. Uh, I was just trying to do some math here. Convert 0055 milliliters into something. Or you could use the hint that he supplied. Assuming it's the proclaimers, a thousand miles times a thousand mosquitoes is a million. So, a million. And what do we want to go for blood type? Our own, just O? O, I think. Okay. And we're going to doppelgang that answer. All right. Points all around. The human body averages 5.5 liters of blood or 5,500 milliliters. So divided by the average draw, it would take 1 million mosquito bites to drain a body of blood. And the twin brothers, Craig and Charlie Reed of the Proclaimers, pledged to walk 500 miles plus 500 more, which is 1,000. And so times 1,000 is 1 million. Good job, guys. Good job. And what was the blood type? And the blood type. Oh, sorry. And the blood type is O. Okay. They prefer it two to one to the second most preferred blood type, which is A. Okay. Well, after five questions, uh, Calabar's Revenge finally on the board on that fifth question. So we have 11 points. But in the lead right now, uh, Hellraisers, they went through a frozen maze out in front of a hotel and they talked to Scatman Crothers and they somehow picked up 31 points. So they're in the lead. By the way, these are acupuncture needles in my face. Oh, they're not. Uh, who's the person behind you going? Dee, 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 dee. That's a really deep reference, but I don't know if anyone will get that. But uh, is it Beaker from the Muppets? <laughs> <laughs> me, 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 me. Now they should remake Audition with Beaker. That would be good. Where where all the um, what are they called? Cenobites. Uh, what are they called? Cenobites. 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 When all yeah. the Cenobites are Muppets. <laughs> I have a puzzle for you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. On to question number six. Location, location, location. This one's for Matt since he just came back from LA. I feel like if you've been in LA for more than six months, you should know this, but maybe not because I'm just a weirdo. But we'll see because Matt's social life has left a lot to be desired. (laughs) (laughs) It's all COVID's fault. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Uh, John Carpenter's Halloween takes place in the fictional town of Haddonfield, Illinois. Similarly, Wes Craven's A Nightmare on Elm Street takes place in the fictional town of Springwood, Ohio. But the primary exterior shots of both films were shot in L.A. Within one mile, how close is the home Michael Myers stalked Laurie in to the house where Freddy Krueger terrorized Nancy? All right, we are going to put in a guess. All right, so they have a guess. I think Michael Myers, or I should say um, the house that they use for Halloween is in Pasadena. Um, And I don't know where the house from Freddy Krueger is. I don't know if it's in North Hollywood. That's where the Brady Bunch is. I know that for a fact. And um, Ann Perkins' house from Parks and Rec is North Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was thinking it'd be funny if they were like in neighborhoods that were really pretty close together. So we can go even go shorter than that. So you want to go five? Five, okay. Gives us four to six. Okay. Yeah, I mean, in LA, it's funny. You can be all the way on the west side, all the way to the east side, and it'd be like nine miles, even though... It's an hour and a half to get across there. Uh, I thought 
maybe one was in Culver City and one would be somewhere in North Hollywood or something like that. So uh, we said seven, which will get us eight to six. We think that's a good range. So we locked in with seven. Okay, so no points this round. Um, the main exterior homes for both A Nightmare on Elm Street and Halloween are 0.3 miles away from each other. Yeah, They're basically across sunset, uh, a little bit east or west of, the, of each other, uh, depending on which one you hit up first. The Halloween house is at 1530 North Orange Grove Avenue in West Hollywood, and the Elm Street house is at 1428 North Genesee in Hollywood. So oh. basically across the street from each other. Less, yeah. less than a mile from where I lived. Cool. I don't know what I was thinking about. <laughs> Question number seven. There are three fictional villains who can be summoned into the real world by simply uttering their name. Two of the three appear after a person says their name while looking into a mirror. One of these two desperately wants you to be his victim, while the other is a, both a queen of England and a boozy brunch drink. And the third one? Well, let's just say this horror comedy star has a little headway when it comes to possession. I'll need all three for full credit. We're good. We're good. Okay. Uh, I just want to go through those clues again. So Candyman is one of them. Yeah, that's the the recent film that just came out, right? Yes. Well, yeah, and, and the old one, too. Well, yes, but... Yeah, um, yeah so it's can- yeah, Candyman, Candyman, Candyman. The comedy is Beetlejuice. Don't, don't say it. Right. Mm-hmm. Beetlejuice. Um, Candyman, Beetlejuice, and then the Queen is. Um, oh, we 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 did this one when I was a kid, and I can't remember. It's, I feel it's, like that was the easier one. It is. Yeah, I know. I can't remember it. It's the the bloody Bloody Mary. Oh yeah, Mary Queen of Scots, right? I would think so. Okay. Bloody Mary. Bloody, Bloody Mary. Mary. Also said it was a brunch cocktail. I was gonna say these guys oh, don't drink, so they don't. I don't he's throwing out all these hints to you guys. I don't. I don't, just, I don't drink, so I don't. Know. You guys are too cerebral. I just drank a Beetlejuice the other day. Anyways, yeah, Bloody Mary, Candyman, and uh, Beetlejuice. That's not vegan, Matt. (laughs) All right, yeah, uh, points all around. Yeah, Candyman, uh, which you say five times, Bloody Mary, which you say 13 times, and Beetlejuice, which you say three times. And the the hints in that was uh, that uh, somebody desperately wants you to be his victim, which is Candyman. Uh, And then the horror comedy star uh, has a a little headway, which is Beetlejuice, the little head at the end mm-hmm. when his head shrinks. So, yeah. All right, question number eight. Are you saying we can drink booze and get free candy from strangers? During which decade did the practice of trick-or-treating start in America? All right, uh, I think we're confident to lock in here. I'm just trying to think of if I can think to like the oldest film or TV reference where someone's trick-or-treating. Kids wear masks. There's a lot of really old black and white photos of kids wearing masks, like really, really old. It's like 1919, 1915. Those are gas masks. It's <laughs> <laughs> World War One, you insensitive. <laughs> are you my mommy? Oh, um, what do you think then? I, I, I don't know. People going around trick or treating. They're getting drunk. It's got to be prohibition, right? Like flappers and stuff. I, I think prohibitions when they weren't getting drunk. Now. Oh no, everyone was getting drunk during prohibition. <laughs> <laughs> People had the money. They were prohibited. I don't know. Do you see it as a as like a teens thing? Before I, I the 20s it, or the I, 20s, maybe? Maybe the 20s. 20s. I think it's either 1919 or 1933. So we can go in the middle and say the 20s. We'll say the roaring 20s. Mm. You may have like asked backwards your way into the correct answer because we weren't sure if the end of Prohibition was at the end of the 20s or at the beginning of the 30s because Prohibition was definitely the 20s. Um, but we said the 30s, the 1930s. 
All right, so points for the Hellraisers. Uh, yeah, children started pulling tricks on neighbors during the 20s, but treats didn't become a part of the practice until the 30s, uh, and prohibition, uh, yeah, uh, ended in the 30s. So, all right, question number nine. You're the devil in disguise. Occultist Anton LaVey formed the Church of Satan in the mid-1960s and then went on to publish the Satanic Bible in 1969. Though popular with Marilyn Manson and college freshmen who hate their parents, the Satanic Bible regularly comes under intense scrutiny, not because of anything having to do with Satan, but because of what? So animal sacrifice, you said, is in the Bible, so it can't be that. I mean, it could be, but it is in the Bible, so... Um, it's in the Bible a lot. <laughs> Especially towards the beginning. I'm trying to think. Is it something stupid off the wall? Like he, there's like copyright issues. I know the Bible's not copywritten, but you want to go with copyright. All right. It's, a, it's some kind of litigious copyright problem. Yeah. I mean, we thought maybe somebody owns this devil character or has the rights to him. We also said copyright law. Okay. So I'm actually going to award points to both teams. Uh, the answer is plagiarism. Uh, not only does the Satanic Bible contain a falsified background on LaVey's past, but it also plagiarizes texts from numerous books, including Ragnar Redbeard's Might is Right, uh, John Dee's The Enochian Keys, and Ayn Rand's Atlas Shrugged. So it's basically just a mix of mess of other people's yeah, <laughs> Um And every time you put on the like red jumpsuit with the like the little tail, you have to pay. <laughs> and it's, it's Disney calling it's Mickey Mouse <laughs> better pay up alright question number 10 to end round That's right, one the Disney corporation owns the devil character <laughs> he's it's, joining the MCU it's, it's James Woods uh, okay alright question number 10 to end round one my O face folklore describes a will of the wisp as a ghost light witnessed by travelers at night over swamps bogs or marshes what Halloween staple is its modern-day equivalent? All right, Matt seems to have a good read on this one. So bogs, swamp. I mean, you want to think of swamp thing, but that's not really a Halloween staple. Uh, it's either that or I'm just trying to think of... Um, I always thought they were kind of like ghosts or phantasms or... Yeah, I was thinking ghosts too. Uh, I don't know. I I mean, if you want to go some sort of specter or apparition... Uh, or we can just say swamp thing. How many thing. different ways are you guys going to say ghost? Because <laughs> ghost, ghost, phantasm, specter, apparition. Yeah. <laughs> a Casper. A Casper, a Devon Sawa. Um, uh, you just want to say ghost? ghost? All right, we're going to say ghost. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I always see this portrayed as some kind of floating candle or fire thing in video games when there's a will-o'-wisp or something like that. So I think that this might be a jack-o'-lantern. All right, so points for the Hellraisers. Yeah, it's the jack-o'-lantern. A wisp is commonly known as a bundle of sticks or paper that is used as a torch. But over the years, the name Will was added to the name. And so Will of the Wisp, which just means Will of the Torch, uh, they basically took that with pumpkins and just changed the name from Will to Jack. And Jack of the Lantern became a jack-o'-lantern. After the first round, it looks like Calabar's Revenge is getting smoked right now, just like Michael Myers in Halloween Kills coming out this Friday, sponsoring the podcast. And uh, <laughs> it's not. And the Hellraisers are in the lead with 71 points. Boo. Yes, we're not doing too good with Halloween, Jeff. Okay, so for swing round, it's home field advantage. Basically, what I'm going to do here is I'm going to give you guys 10 killers or killers adjacent. Uh, there's some spec, you know, there's some gray area here, which you'll see. 
And I'm going to then give you 10 locations, which is where they did their killing. And then I'm going to give you a list of 10 numbers. Your job will be to match the killer to the location and the number of victims. Okay. And so basically there will be, I'm going to give you the killers. There will be two answers each, uh, correct for each killer, uh, the location and the confirmed victims. And each so you have to match both correct categories answer will in be order worth to get five point. points. So this round will be worth 100 points total. All right, the killers are William Hirons, a.k.a. the Lipstick Killer. Second killer, Charles Manson. Number three, Dennis Rader, a.k.a. BTK. Number four, Charles Whitman, a.k.a. the Blank Tower Sniper. If I give you the blank, you'll know where they are. Number five, Jeffrey Dahmer. Number six, David Berkowitz, a.k.a. the Son of Sam. Number seven, the Zodiac Killer. Number eight, O.J. Simpson. Number nine, Eileen Wernos. And number 10, Gary Ridgway, a.k.a. the Green River Killer. The 10 locations are Austin, Texas. The Bay Area, California. Number three is Brentwood, California. Number four is Brooklyn, New York. Number five is Chicago, Illinois. Number six is Florida. Number seven is Los Angeles, California. Number eight is Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Number nine is Washington State. And number 10 is Wichita, Kansas. The number of confirmed victims is zero, two, three, five, six, seven, ten. 17, 18, and 49. All right, we'll pour over these uh, potential answers and we'll be right back. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right, and we are back. Uh, I think we did okay with these. How are you guys feeling? Pretty confident about the locations, less confident about the confirmed kills. You think you killed the swing round? Um, 
I don't think we we did that good of a job, but we no, no, certainly no. Uh, you you maimed it. Maimed it. Yeah. All right. Let's get the answers. Um, see how we did. All right. Great. So let's start with uh, killer number one, William Hirons, aka the Lipstick Killer. Not too familiar with this one, uh, but we went with Florida in '49. Oh, I, I we, thought the Lipstick Killer was your nickname in high school. Because I thought they got a guy in Florida a couple years ago, and they were like, he's the most prolific killer. It was just like right under our radar. But mm. Well, I, I think uh, another person on this list is very Floridian, according to the movie, starring a big actress. But uh, Jeff, you, you had this one, you thought. Yeah, we said uh, Chicago, um, and we said three confirmed. All right, so the answer is Chicago, Illinois, and three confirmed kills. Wow. Killer number two, uh, Charles Manson. Uh, For this one, we're pretty sure about L.A., and we said zero because he had other people do his bidding. We agree. We said Los Angeles, and we think that the the famous uh, not myth, the opposite of our urban legend, is that uh, he never killed anyone, so we said zero. Correct. Points all around. Uh, Yes, Charles Manson in L.A., and zero kills, though there is speculation that he possibly did kill people on the Spawn Ranch, but we've just never learned about it, or it's never been pro- been proven. Killer number three, Dennis Rader, a.k.a. BTK. Uh, we were pretty sure it's Wichita because of the title cards on Mindhunter, and we went with six. Yeah, we also said Wichita, but we think his uh, body count is very high, and we said 49. Okay, so five points for each team. It is Wichita, Kansas, uh, but BTK is responsible for 10 confirmed deaths. Killer number four, Charles Whitman, a.k.a. the Blank Tower Sniper. Uh, for this one, we said Austin, and we went with 18. Yeah, um, I I got into his story a little bit when I was listening to Harry Chapin um, back in the day, and... Uh, I think he killed his wife and mother in the morning, and then it was like 15 or 16 in the afternoon from the tower. We said Austin for 18. All right, points all around. Yes, Charles Whitman was the Texas Tower sniper in Austin, Texas, and he killed 18 people. Killer number five, Jeffrey Dahmer. Uh, We think this was Washington State, and we said seven. Okay, and uh, we believe Dahmer is from uh, Justin's old neck of the woods in Milwaukee, and we said 17. All right, so full points for Calabar's Revenge. Uh, yeah, Jeffrey Dahmer, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 17 victims. It was a very weird day when this broke in the news in Milwaukee. It was a, you never forget it. All right, killer number six, David Berkowitz, a.k.a. the son of Sam. Uh, we thought this was a, a New York guy, so we said Brooklyn, and we went with 10. I was familiar with the uh, Summer of Sam Spike Lee movie, which I knew took place in Brooklyn, uh, but we didn't know what the number was. We thought it was something low because it was just a summer, so we said six. All right, so five points for Hellraisers and ten points for Calabar's Revenge. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, it is uh, six in Brooklyn, New York, Son of Sam, David Berkowitz, correct? Killer number seven, the Zodiac Killer. I believe that's the Bay Area, and we said 17. Yep, uh, we, we remembered uh, Ken sending weird letters to Robert Downey Jr. and Jake Gyllenhaal. So we also said the Bay Area, and we said uh, five. And Clint Eastwood. And Clint Eastwood, <laughs> that's right. All right, so 10 points again for Calabar's Revenge and five for Hellraisers. Yes, the Zodiac Killer uh, terrorized the Bay Area in the late 60s, and he has five confirmed kills. And he was later a U.S. Senator. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> he is still a U.S. Senator. Uh, okay, Killer number eight, O.J. Simpson. All right, we said Brentwood, and we went with two. 
Yeah, we said uh, Brentwood, and uh, we knew there was maybe a gray area on conviction uh, for this one, but we said two. Yes, correct. So, uh, yes, while there's some debate as as to whether or not OJ actually killed the two people that he killed, uh, he did lose the civil case. So um, while his, uh, you know, murder conviction was, uh, how do I say this? Not guilty, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. he was found not guilty. He was was found not guilty, but like the civil case basically proved that he had done it. So, and it's it's a weird gray area again, but, you know, that guy. All right. Killer number nine, Eileen Wernos. Uh, We saw Milwaukee, which now we know is wrong, and we said three. Yeah, pretty sure she was from Florida, and uh, we think she was around seven or so. So we said seven. All right, yeah, 10 points for Calabar's Revenge. Yes, Eileen Wernos killed seven people in Florida. And the last one, Gary Ridgway, a.k.a. the Green River Killer. Oh, this one we said Chicago, and we went with five. This one I knew was Washington State. Um, He had come up before on a podcast, on this podcast, and I think Marcus Ellis was on at the time. Um, So that's how I remember, because he's from Washington as well. And I can't believe this. We guessed 10, but... The number that's left is 49. Yeah, he is the most prolific, uh, at least, you know, caught and convicted serial killer in American history. Gary Ridgway, uh, yeah, in Washington State, killed 49 people. See, we were thinking about the Green River that they die, uh, the Chicago River, mm-hmm. every St. Patrick's mm-hmm. Day. That's that's why we got it wrong. But uh, you guys uh, did too well for comfort there on that round, <laughs> both, both score-wise and, uh, you know, our friendships are in jeopardy now. You don't want them to be in jeopardy. Uh, <laughs> All right, we'll stay on Neil's good side. Neil Fisher, Chicago, two. After the swing round, it looks like Calabar's Revenge uh, is making this a game. We picked up 90 points, bringing our total to 121. And Hellraisers picked up 45 points, bringing their total to 116. So That's an outrage. Mm-hmm. It is they an outrage. blew right past us like that. I think what did it for us is, Jeff, correct me if I'm wrong, but in Halloween Town, I believe the best character is the taxi driver who is a skeleton. <laughs> and, he, and he gave us good luck. That might actually be true, sadly. It's not a great film, but... All right, we are ready for round two, Justin. All right, on to round two. Question number one, but what's your Christian name? One of these things is not like the other. Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees, Michael Myers, and Leatherface. The question is, what is Leatherface's real name? And there are two possible correct answers. All right, we are just uh, out of options here, so we're going to lock in with Norman Bates. That'd be a big twist if yeah. Norman was Leatherface. Um, put on a few pounds. Because he wouldn't hurt a fly. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't. Um, I want to say there's a color in his name. Roy <laughs> Magenta. <laughs> Cyan. Remember Roy Magenta? Uh, Tommy Turquoise. He wears people's skin. Um, um, it has a it has a color in it, and I can't think of I can't think of it. Uh, just just pick a Christian name. Blue, green, Paul Indigo, Blue, black. Paul, Paul Green. There you go. You guys are in. Paul. We'll go with Paul Green. All right. Uh, yeah, you guys are on the right track with a Christian name uh, because <laughs> his real name wasn't revealed until the 86 sequel, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, and that name was Bubba. No, I mean, I mean that is really it, but there was no Christian name. That is not. It was just Bubba Sawyer was wow. his name. And the 2003 reboot, though, Neil, you were kind of on the right track here. His name was Thomas Brown Hewitt. Oh, that's where I got it from the Jessica Biel one. When he was yeah. uh, when he was Bubba Sawyer, he was especially terrifying because he'd always trick uh, people into whitewashing his fence for him. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I thought you were gonna say he was tricking people to eating his shrimp. <laughs> that too. No, he just had like this weird relationship with Jack and Kate. There was like a love triangle thing. Where's that cricket's button? Explain. <laughs> That's a, that's a lost reference, which was lost on everyone else in the <laughs> everyone else in the studio. All right, question number two: Mean Green Mother from Outer Space. The late Levi Stubbs is best remembered as lead singer and founding member of the Four Tops, but later in life he did voice work for film and television. His credits include Mother Brain from the animated series Captain N, the Game Master, and an eyeless, bloodthirsty carnivore from outer space in this 1986 black comedy musical directed by Frank Oz. Uh, we can lock in. Oh, didn't he do? Did he do Labyrinth? Oh, Labyrinth. That's good. Yeah, that's got to be him because that would have been Henson for Labyrinth. Yeah, let's do Labyrinth. Uh, yeah, I mean, so when I'm thinking 86, uh, black comedy, uh, probably a musical. He's in the four tops. Uh, I'm thinking the Rick Moranis vehicle, a little shop of horrors. It's especially a horror if you don't like doo-wop music. <laughs> yeah, you're killing me, Neil. Yeah, Stubbs voiced Audrey too, the man-eating plant in Little Shop of Horrors. That makes sense. I wasn't even thinking of that. That's my bad. That's... A movie I've never seen. Never seen the Rocky Horror oh, Picture Show oh, either. Oh, it's so good. I would recommend rocky horror over little shop of horrors oh, I, I feel so bad <laughs> <laughs> all right question number three halloween births and deaths so there's two parts to this question i'll need both for full credit halloween isn't the only thing that falls on october 31st some years history is made on that date first question is on october 31st 1864 this state officially became the 36th state to join the union but it would take another 82 years before the first all-you-can-eat buffet would debut in its biggest city. Second question is, this world-famous illusionist and escape artist died on October 31st, 1926 in Detroit, Michigan, after being sucker-punched in the abdomen nine days earlier by a McGill University student in Montreal. We can lock in with both. You're locked in? Okay, because I think both of these answers combined are my uh, my uh, wrestling nickname, <laughs> Nevada Houdini. That's a really good name. Uh, yeah, we also think it is uh, uh, the name of our stuntman, Nevada Houdini. <laughs> all right. Yeah, points all around. The answer is Nevada Houdini. Good, good job. All right, question number four, calling all spirits. Walt Disney's initial vision for the Haunted Mansion preceded the opening of Disneyland in 1955, but did the ride finally make its debut in the park before or after Walt died in 1966? All right. Uh, we think this is kind of a toss-up, but we have a guess. So I know there's the Eddie Murphy Haunted Mansion. There's the Muppets Haunted so Mansion. So that's not it. No. And I think they're remaking it with Owen Wilson. I could be wrong about that. Wow. Why? Wow, ghosts. Um, <laughs> Why? <laughs> uh, so I'm thinking 66. Uh, Disney always seems like they you know, they like putting uh, Walt Disney... On a pedestal, obviously, he created the the company. So I feel like if it was after, they would have had some sort of projection of him, mm. like welcoming guests, because that's how he was. He was an entertainer. <laughs> I was like, that sounds tasteless, but that also makes sense. And well, as we know, Disney owns the devil. So um, do you want to go after? You th so it would be after, so you think there is a projection of him there? I, I, well, maybe. I don't know. I'm just saying that it premiered after his death is what I'm oh, thinking. We, we can go after. It's okay. a 50-50. All right. Yep, we said after. All right, yeah, points all around. Uh, Walt Disney died in December 1966, but the Haunted Mansion didn't open for another three years until uh, 1969 in Disneyland. 
uh, and Disney World's take of the ride on the ride premiered in 1971 when the park opened. All right, on to question number five. I didn't see that one coming. The highest grossing horror movie of all time is 2017's It, which had a worldwide gross of over 700 million. What is the second highest grossing horror film of all time? I think so. I remember looking this up for Halloween questions last year. And the categories, I didn't see that one coming. Okay. Um, so It is number one. First, I wanted to say it might have been like It Chapter 2, but I don't think that made it up that high. All right. So the category, Jeff, you said is I didn't see it coming, which makes me believe it's got to be a movie with a twist. And that's signs. Elaborate. What okay, and what would be the movie with the biggest twist of all time? Lady and the Twist. I, I don't know. You're the film guy, Neil. Uh, we're gonna lock in with the Sixth Sense. Good guess. Uh, I think the I didn't see it coming was because it was it chapter two. Mm. All right. So points for Calabar's Revenge. Yeah, it was 1999's The Sixth Sense, which took in 673 million. That's a lot of money. Thinking. Good reinterpretation of the uh, category. Mm-hmm. I had to get one of these movie questions right. I feel like I should be slapping myself on the Little Shop one. All right, question number six, hold on to your butts. In what decade did the practice of corn mazes first start in America? Here's a hint. It was the same year that cryptosporidiosis, a disease that caused diarrhea and dehydration, spread through Milwaukee, Wisconsin, infecting more than 400,000 people, hospitalizing more than 4,000, and killing 100. To this day, it remains the largest waterborne disease outbreak in U.S. history. So I think you're sensitive to this uh, this news story, being from Milwaukee, now that we know that, because I've never heard of this. Yeah. I haven't either, and I'm trying to rack my brain for as long as I've known Justin, if he's ever had raging diarrhea. Was every, every day of my life. <laughs> was this related to the corn maze, or...? No, it's because yeah, let's say it's, it's an unfun fact. Eighteen ninety four. That's what uh, the Ouija board just told me to do. Eighteen ninety four. Yeah. Okay. It's the decade. You can pick the decade. It's not the oh eighteen nineties. Eighteen nineties. So I'm thinking if there's like raging diarrhea going on in Milwaukee, it had to have been before they had any sort of Pepto Bismol or Tums. It's a good start. I, no, I don't, I don't. I mean, possibly, but no. Um, I'm thinking this is going to be like early sanitation. Okay, so the fact that 400,000 people got sick makes me think it's actually more recent because I don't think Milwaukee's population was like super big. Mm. So you're thinking like um, 40s maybe? 50s? I, I could see like the 20s or 30s, maybe even into the 40s. Honey, yeah. I just <laughs> myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, do you want to go, uh, go to the 40s? I was going to go to the speakeasy for a martini, but my pants are full of <laughs> <laughs> So the 40s, and we say the 1890s. Yeah, we mean the 1940s. So Yeah. All right. So <laughs> no points here uh, because corn mazes and diarrhea in Milwaukee were both all the rage in the 1990s. Oh, wow. I remember it. Yeah. Yeah, it was a <laughs> show. Literally, it was horrible. The, the, the water power... Uh, or the, the the water plant that this all started at was like five minutes from our our house growing up. So. Oh, and you don't want to be in the corn maze. Oh, when it when, when it no. strikes. No, that's the worst time. Like yeah, but the there's a, there's a lot of free toilet paper though. Just pick a direction <laughs> and run for it. Just gotta follow the outside <laughs> wall. <laughs> all right. Question number seven. State of shock. Per capita. 
in which U.S. state would you have the greatest chance of being murdered by a serial killer? It's got to be Florida, right? No? Yeah? I mean... I mean, California. That's why. I mean, there they're, are they're more there. Yeah. All right, let's say Cali. All right, Neil, I want to go the opposite direction. I want to think of a state where we can name a serial killer, but they have a low population. Um, well, Washington Green River Killer. Oh, by, by per capita. Yep. So Washington oh, too State. Late. Yeah. Too late. Green River Killers, Washington State, right? 49? Yeah. I mean, that, that's just the one dude. Um, I'm trying to think. But yeah. Can you think of any other? I would say either there, Wisconsin, or like. Well, that's the thing is. Mm. Yeah. I mean, we can go. Do you want to go Washington State? It's better better than anything I'm going to come up yeah, with. Yeah, we're going to we're going to stick with the Pacific Coast and we're going to go Washington State. Yeah, I think you might guys might be right. We are sticking with Cali just cuz it's too late to change. All right, you guys are good on the West Coast, but uh not Oregon? the right state. So the top or bottom, depending on how you look at it, three states for the highest number of serial killer victims. So this is not per capita is number 3 is Florida with 845 total. Two is Texas with 893 total. And number one is California with 1,628 victims. But per capita, a person runs a greater risk of being killed by a serial killer in Alaska um, than in any other state. In California, serial killer victims clock in at, uh, at about 4.11 per 100,000. But in Alaska, it almost doubles to 7.04. All right, question number eight. Do you have any room 237s available? In 1974, author Stephen King and his wife Tabitha checked into a hotel that would become both the inspiration and the setting for King's next novel, The Shining. Known in the novel as the Overlook Hotel, what is the name of this inspirational real-life hotel? I think it's it's an, an S-sounding name, mm-hmm. like Seaside, but it's not. But I don't, I don't think... The, I don't think we're gonna get there. Okay, we'll stick with the overlook. If I remember, Justin, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I think Gray has a backpack that's the Overlook Hotel backpack. Correct. Okay, so she does. So um, that's Justin's daughter. Gray has that backpack. So I remember uh, looking at the backpack. I knew the Overlook was from the movie, and I remember I did research a long time ago, and I thought it was funny because I think the actual hotel is named after its director, kind of. So we said the Stanley Hotel. Yeah, so points for Calabar's Revenge. Yeah, it is the Stanley Hotel in Estes Park. Matt, you were on the right track with the S name, but yeah, the Stanley Hotel. All right, on to question number nine. It's the code that says bad Sorry, I know you're going to have to beep that, but it's a clue. The 100 code is a numerical three-digit brevity code system used by most U.S. law enforcement agencies to indicate which crime has been committed. In the California Penal Code system, code 241 is impaling, while code 314 is for indecent exposure. What is the three-digit code for murder? We can lock in over here. That was a little too quick. I'm sorry. I think it's an 867 on the undercover cops. It's up to you. I don't know. I, I don't think they say undercover, but I well, I, this is the radio <laughs> edit, so it's one eight seven. Oh, maybe that's what it is. One eight seven. You're just going off of the Sublime song. I don't the uh, Snoop Dogg song. Oh, I was like, I'm pretty sure that's a Sublime song, but it's both. Yeah, one eight seven. Does that sound right? That sounds In more the Snoop, right. Snoop Dogg song. Song. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 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 One eight seven. 
All right, Jeff and I have both had our fair share of 314s, but we both enjoy the Samuel L. Jackson movie uh, named 187. So that's what we locked in with. Yeah, good job. You picked up on the uh, hint there. Yeah, code 187 is murder. And interestingly, in the California Penal Code, code 311 is uh, for child pornography. <laughs> so maybe that band should think about changing their name. I thought it was for indecent exposure. It is in Nebraska, the... which is where they oh. are from. But in California, ah, there you go. a 311 is not that. So, I, so that's why they can't play there. Yeah, that's why they don't perform in California. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, last question of uh, round two. Uh, according to the USDA National Agricultural Statistics Service, how many pumpkins were produced in America in 2020? I'm looking for an answer within 500 million. And as a bonus question worth one point, which U.S. state yields the most pumpkins in a year? All right. We have selected a random number and uh, picked a state that uh, Matt feels confident on. Mm-hmm. All right, Neil. So... 500 million is a huge margin. I think I, I consume zero pumpkins a year, but I'm pretty sure I'm the atypical person. Um, let's guess maybe 5 billion pumpkins. That's a lot. Okay. 5 yeah. billion. And the state, I want to say I, I'm confusing it with Michigan, which I think produces the most apples or Christmas trees. So um, we can go uh, like a big state. You think it's like a California or a Texas or like California? California it is? Yeah. Yeah, we're just thinking that just because a pumpkin is produced doesn't mean it has to be consumed by an individual, plus used for food and feed and stuff like that. So Lattes. we said $6.5 billion and the state would be Nebraska. Okay, so yeah, no points here. In 2020, 2 billion pumpkins were harvested, which I gave you guys a big range, but you know, it's a big number. Uh, and in 2019, Illinois, the top state, harvested 10,900 acres of pumpkins, which is nearly twice as many as the next top state, which is Virginia. After regulation, it looks like the Hellraisers are going to be at 156 points, and the Calabar's Revenge will be at 171. So it seems like it's going to be a very close game going into the final here, but before we hear the categories to find out how much we can wager, just wanted to uh, take a moment to talk about Patreon uh, because Justin is a patron, and uh, he's been a patron for a long time. And if you'd like to join him in getting some extra audio content and uh, getting some perks sent to you, like posters and boxes and things like that, you can join him over at patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast. And we've had a great uh, increase in patrons recently because we wanted to get over the number 400. Is that right, Matt? Uh, that would be the goal. We keep going a little bit above, a little bit below. We'd love to just stay over there and just Got to be steady. Yeah, yeah, we said we're on the road to 500 if we can get there. Yeah, and we got a lot of great perks on Patreon that you can get. Uh, get our individual character boxes or the big box. Uh, I know Jeff's character box is uh, containing Gwyneth Paltrow's head recently. That is correct. Uh, and uh, also, uh, if you get Matt's box, you get the uh, Necronomicon. Very good. From Evil Dead. Uh, but yeah, just, don't, it, just don't read it. Exactly. You don't want to read it. Don't recite it. Uh, but yeah, if you'd like to uh, join us and, and join Justin and help support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast. And if you're not able to support us financially, we thank you for listening. But maybe just uh, throw us a review on iTunes or something. That'll tell also a friend. Help us. Yeah, tell a friend, give us a review. Anything like that helps, and we appreciate it. We Triviality, a, the podcast that won't kill you. We did have a recent uh, review saying that this show is hard to listen to if you don't listen week to week. So you know what that means. Everyone needs to listen to every, every episode week, yeah. without fail. But it is not as good as the review we just had that said, I just want to see Matt and Jeff fight. <laughs> yeah, I glanced over that one. I wrote that one. <laughs> That'll be on next week's episode. Better tune in. 
All right, let's get the categories for the final. All right, so the final round categories are ghosts, witches, vampires, skeletons, and werewolves. All right, the wagers are locked in. It looks like everybody's in a fun mood for Halloween. Uh, this may be a trick or it may be a treat, but we're all in, both teams. All, all in. All right, great. So question number one, ghosts. One of Chicago's most popular ghost stories is of a young female hitchhiker seen walking down a road outside of a cemetery. With sightings that date back to the 1930s, what name has been given to this reoccurring apparition? Question number two, witches. Actress Margaret Hamilton portrayed the Wicked Witch of the West in The Wizard of Oz, but in the middle of production, she was forced to take a six-week break from shooting due to what? Question number three, vampires. Most people associate Transylvania with vampires thanks to Bram Stoker's Dracula, but what country is Transylvania located in? Question number four, skeletons. Professional wrestler Andre the Giant died in 1993 at the age of 46. At the time, his build height and weight was 7 feet, 4 inches, and 520 pounds, respectively. Andre's body was cremated, and his ashes were scattered at his ranch in North Carolina. Within 3 pounds, how much did Andre the Giant's cremains weigh? Question number 5. Werewolves. Lichens and werewolves are often lumped into the same category, but they're very different. Lichens are mythological creatures rooted in Greek origin, while werewolves are based in Old English folklore. According to cryptozoology nerds across the internet, what are the two main differences between lichens and werewolves? I only need one for credit. All right, we have the questions. We'll work on these very scary answers, and we'll be right back. You can spend less time staying in the know about all things gaming and get more time to actually play the games you love with the IGN Daily Update Podcast. All you need is a few minutes to hear the latest from IGN on the world of video games, movies, and television with news, previews, and reviews. You'll hear everything from Comic-Con coverage to the huge Diablo 4 launch. So listen and subscribe to the IGN Daily Update wherever you get your podcasts. That's the IGN Daily Update wherever you get your podcasts. Calling all kids in the car. Brittany and Meredith here from the chart-topping Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Are you dreading another silent car ride with the fam? We've got the cure. Three rounds of fresh trivia every single week. Movies, music, even science and Disney. We've got something for every trivia buff in the car. No more crickets chirping on those long journeys. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast is your secret weapon for connecting and laughing with kids of all ages, teens, toddlers, adults, it doesn't matter. Spark their curiosity and challenge their brains with every episode. New episodes drop weekly wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast and turn those car rides into epic adventures. And the answers are now locked in. It's a little scary for us, gotta, gotta admit, because I think these guys were, were right on top of it. Neil? Yeah, we felt pretty good. All right. So we'll see what happens. All right. So question number one, one of Chicago's most popular ghost stories is of a young female hitchhiker seen walking down a road outside of a cemetery with sightings dating back to the 30s. What name has been given to this reoccurring apparition? Yeah, I believe the uh, cemetery is just about 15 minutes from us, um, Resurrection Cemetery, and that is Resurrection Mary. 
We agree. Uh, I remember as a young kid in high school, everyone always wanted to drive over there to see if we could see her. And I think one time we even saw Ken performing at a small cafe called the Ashbury, <laughs> right near Resurrection Cemetery. But we ne- we didn't see Resurrection Mary, but uh, we did see Ken perform, and it, it sounded great. So we also locked in with that. Yeah, points all around. So for almost a century now, Resurrection Mary has been seen walking along Archer Avenue in Justice, uh, just outside of Resurrection Cemetery. Good job, guys. All right, question number two. Actress Margaret Hamilton portrayed the Wicked Witch of the West in The Wizard of Oz, but in the middle of production, she was forced to take a six-week break from shooting due to what? I vaguely remember hearing this, and I remember the Tin Man got sick from his makeup, so we thought maybe she suffered the same fate. Oil can. (laughs) Jeff brought that up as well, but I believe actually that she was burned uh, during one of those fireball effects when she appears and disappears uh, when that big fireball happens in the middle of the city. Yeah, so points to Calabar's revenge. Yeah, uh, she was burned horribly, actually. Uh, So while shooting her exit from Munchkinland, the trap door below her was delayed until the fireworks triggered so that it would cover so that the fireworks would cover up the hole in the ground that was created. Uh, and uh, yeah, so as she fell through, she was set on fire and was uh, it resulted in second degree burns to her face and third degree Ooh. burns on her hands. Ooh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That set was, horrible. was not safe. It was a cursed set, yeah. OSHA was, was set. They'd have a field day. <laughs> All right, on to question number three. Uh, most people associate Transylvania with vampires thanks to Bram Stoker's Dracula, but what country Good. is Transylvania located in? Uh, I used to work at a um, high-class cocktail lounge with a bunch of Romanian ladies, so I would be remiss if I didn't know it was Romania. Yeah, uh, credit to Neil on this one. Uh, he said uh, Romania, and I said, yeah, it sounds pretty good, so that's what, we, that's what we put in. Yes, good job. Points all around. Romania is where Transylvania is. Question number four, professional wrestler Andre the Giant died in 1993 at the age of 46. At the time, his build height and weight was 7 feet 4 inches and 520 pounds, and his ashes were spread at his ranch in North Carolina. Within three pounds, how much did his cremains weigh? So I think if we answer both of these correct and you miss, then we can catch you. But if that's not the case, then we might lose. But... We just had to estimate. We were thinking about the Folger can and Big Lebowski. Said how much would that weigh, and then we doubled it. So we said twelve. Yeah, we uh, we were thinking, um, you know, what is like an average, you know, ash thing weigh? Well, you'll see. Yeah, one day. Uh, it's the fate for all of us, Ken. And uh, you know, it's like we figured, okay, he's he's maybe twice that big. Got a lot of bone density. We said 14 pounds. Okay, so points for Calabar's Revenge. Uh, no! The cremains of an average human body is in the range of four to eight pounds, and Andre's weighed 17. Oh, so you guys man. just, got just made the cut. Good job, guys. This is horrible. Bad news for us. I was, this is werewolf. We, we originally said 12, and I was just like, he probably had a lot of bone density, so we're just like, let's... Knock that up a little bit. Yeah, good job. Mm. All right, final question. Lichens and werewolves are often lumped into the same category, but they're very different. Uh, What is the main difference between them? There are two different ones, but you only need one for credit. All right, so now we're we're looking for the moral victory here, Matt. Mm -hmm. So I think, um, based on my knowledge of, uh, like, the movie Underworld and werewolf stuff, I think lichens can transform uh, by their own will. And werewolves by the full moon only. 
I've always wanted to interrupt someone's conversation with what Bill Nye he does in that movie. Remember when someone's talking? Leave about, us. <laughs> whatever he's um, I don't know if anyone's ever seen Underworld, if you'll get that. Leave us. Uh, so I originally thought maybe it was like Lichens or Werewolves. One was uh, a biped and one was on all fours. But Jeff, you had a better answer, I thought. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure that werewolves uh, transform with the full moon and, and lichens, lycanthropes can do that uh, whenever they please. Willy-nilly. <laughs> yeah, so points all around. Yeah, a lichen's transformation is voluntary, whereas a werewolf's is involuntary, and werewolves can only transform uh, at the full moon. So those are the main two, whereas a, a lichen can transform whenever they want. So yeah, good good job. Points all around. At the end of the game, it looks like Team Hellraisers uh, has only 186 victims after tonight's game, uh, but tonight's scream of the crop with 321 victims is Calabar's Revenge. The The real victim victim are the listeners. (laughs) That is true. So a little spoiler for the actual movie. Um, our, Our game was much more successful at the revenge part than Calabar was. Hmm. And it was also better than the movie, let's be honest. So check out Calabar's Revenge on Disney+. <laughs> yeah. Plus. It is right on now. Disney+. Plus. Sponsored <laughs> by Halloween Kills and Calabar's Revenge. What, what kind of great sponsors we had today? Yeah. What, what is this movie? Jeff says it's How, a movie. It is, it's just like a Disney Channel original. It's Debbie Reynolds is in it. She's like a witch and her granddaughter is like a witch in training. What and, are they revenging? Uh, it's from the, it's the second movie. So Calabar gets... Yoink, Calabar's you know, the baddie. He gets axed in the first movie. For the okay. record, I didn't know there was a sequel. The original one, she finds out her family is full of witches, and she she secretly goes to the Halloween town to live with her. Uh, this is all made up. We don't need to hear her ancestors. Oh, no. Believe me. After watching it the other night for the first time, it's very real. But the taxi driver is the real hero. Uh, yes. Justin, thank you for no this bones game. about it. These were really great questions. A lot of them we've never had before. I mean, all of them pretty much. So um, especially for a, a holiday episode, it's pretty hard to get a good uh a good set of questions that we've never heard before yeah thanks thanks for having me it's a uh, pleasure to be here you guys are awesome and uh you know i listen every tuesday right when it downloads as neil knows because i'm always like i think there's a problem with something and i'm like no <laughs> it's just my internet sucks so yeah yeah he does oh, text me he's the last <laughs> he's the last line of defense against uh recording mistakes he's our last line of uh quality control because at one time i think he texted me and said oh i think there's an f-bomb left in there and i let and Ken sure know. enough there was <laughs> and i had to edit it neil, neil to was find so it and casual it. about he it he dropped it so casually that, that i missed it, it and then i missed and then it jeff missed it <laughs> but, but shady here you know what though, heard I, it. i'm pro f-bomb i just you know <laughs> i know i know your guys audience so it's, it's okay just like all right well with that with that bit of uh brevity let's uh wrap this bad boy up yeah any shout outs uh justin yeah thanks to um obviously my daughter gray and my son west i want to say hi and because i'll play this with him in the room inevitably and my wife kathy who um uh, we have our 10-year anniversary coming up on the 30th. So oh, happy anniversary. Congrats. Yeah, congrats. Yes, happy anniversary. The yeah, wood anniversary. Thanks. And also uh, thanks to uh, the Craptastic crew, which is a, a group of people that I watch bad movies with once a week, every week since April of 2020 of the pandemic. So uh, they kind of did a dry run on this game with me and worked out some of the kinks. So thanks to them. Nice. Yeah. Very good. Yep. All right. Well, guys, be careful out there this Halloween. Have some fun. Stay safe. Wear your mask. Be that uh, medical mask or like, you know, whatever. Don't go to houses like mine where they give out nickels and 
You give out nickels? No. Boo. I have candy. Please. You would give I out. I love candy too probably much. Probably give out toothbrushes. And wooden Anyways, spoons. for Justin, Jeff, Matt, in studio, live and in person, Neil and myself, that was Triviality, Halloween edition. Woo! <laughs> Jason Voorhees, Freddy Krueger, Freddy Krueger, Michael Myers, Michael Myers, or John Wick, or John Wick.